All right, First Kings chapter 16 tonight. First Kings chapter 16. And uh, like I said, I'll try not to keep you too long here tonight. With, uh, huh? Oh, take my time. I think it's some of my time. Uh, First Kings chapter 16. And uh, verse number 28. Let's all stand together here for the reading of the Word of God, please. First Kings chapter 16, verse 28. And uh, we're just going to read a few verses here, and then we're going to look at other, um, other verses in the Bible here, so keep your Bibles handy in that area. 1 Kings chapter uh, number 16, and verse number 28, and I'm just going to read these verses here, if you just follow along, we're just reading a few, we're reading from verses 28 to 32, and I'll just read those aloud if you'll just follow along there, please. Verse 28, he said, So Omri slept with his fathers and was buried in Samaria, and Ahab his son reigned in his stead. And in the thirty and eighth year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab to reign, uh, began Ahab the son of Omri to reign over Israel. And Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel and Samaria twenty and two years. Verse 30, And Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. Now that's a pretty, uh, that's pretty significant. <laughs> God said you did worse than anybody in your past. Uh, he did, he did more uh, evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. Verse thirty-one. And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, and he took <coughs> to wife uh, Jezebel. Uh, the daughter of Ethbel, uh, Ethbel uh, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Uh, God was not thrilled, was not real impressed with King Ahab. Uh, let's pray here, and we'll, we'll get into it. So, Heavenly Father, please bless these uh, few minutes. I pray that it will be useful and that it will be helpful uh, here tonight. I pray that you just use it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning... Uh, took a few minutes and uh, preached on the, the attributes of a godly woman. I never really saw this before until recently, but Proverbs 31 uh, was written by a son all about his mother. And uh, I, I've always noticed the first nine verses were, but I never, never really tied together the whole, the, all of that about a, vir a virtuous woman King Lemuel was speaking about his own mom and just bragging on her and um, uh, devoted an entire chapter to her. And a few things we said this morning about a godly woman uh, was he taught him good values, taught him morals, taught him values, what was important, what is not, uh, just those basic values to live by. Um, she was a trustworthy woman, he talked about. She was a hardworking woman. He mentioned that she was uh, compassionate. She was a very compassionate woman and, uh, to the poor and others that were less fortunate. Uh, she loved her family and sacrificed for them. She elevated her authority. She was a strong woman. She was kind. She was diligent. And, of course, most of all, he ended by saying she feared the Lord. 
She feared the Lord. And these are some, some of the great attributes of a, of a godly uh, woman. Now, tonight, I wanted to go another direction, and let's just talk about some of the attributes of an ungodly woman. Um, I hope that the ladies want here want to be godly. Something ladies don't understand is the power that they have. Uh, you have a great power uh, inside of you, especially for the man in your life. Um, come on, guys. Don't, don't just sit there and look at him like he's a smurf with that jacket on. Get up here. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, all the way in the front, Rodrigo. I think that's what he meant. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And um, Josue, you too. <laughs> that's why Brother Dickerson has no hair. These kids. And uh, if you notice, Robert, Robert and Esther are here today. And I said, uh, glad to see them. I noticed Robert has gray hair. No, not wisdom. Baby. <laughs> Baby. Uh, that's the, the result of a child right there. Um, but anyways, uh, 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 I hope our ladies want to be godly ladies. I hope that our, our ladies understand the power that you have. You can either make the men in your life a failure or a success. Uh, you really can. A man can conquer the world if his woman is behind him, or he'll be nothing but a failure if his woman is not behind him. A man will do anything for his woman, including damn the whole world to hell by taking a piece of fruit he was forbidden to eat. Uh, he'll do anything. And uh, so, so women realize the power that you have uh, over a man in, in a man's life. You have a power in your home. Uh, it's, 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 it's not just a cliche, it's truth. It's in the Bible, matter of fact. Uh, the, the, the Bible says somewhere in there, I'm sure, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Uh, it's, it's in there. It's in Proverbs, I think. And, uh, but that's, that is, uh, man, uh, that's the way it is. Um, we're going to talk about more about that here in a little while. But, but ladies, you got a great power. You have a, you, the spirit of a church depends on the women. The, I have never, no, I think that back. I did have one person, one person. I've never had a family outside of this one person who left the church because it was the man's idea. I mean, I have some single guys that have left the church, what have you. But as far as a family, I'm not talking about we came and visited twice. I'm talking about families that were in the church. I've never had one leave. It was the man's idea. It was always the woman. And the man has always said, preacher, I don't want to do this, but what am I supposed to do? Uh, women, listen, ladies, you have a great power. Be a godly lady. Be a godly lady. Uh, uh, I might say this here a little more in, in just a little while, but... Um, you know, it's not a matter of a man is better than a woman. It's a different position. I've often said, it's, it's, well, who's better, the man or the woman? Well, that's like saying, you know, what's more important, the horse or the cow? Well, it depends. Do you want to ride it or do you want to eat it? You know, it, it, it all depends on, it's the role. They're, they're not even comparable. They're, they're two absolutely different roles, and they're both vital. And so tonight, I will talk to you about the characteristics of Jezebel. Or the characteristics of an ungodly woman. Uh, Ahab was without a doubt the worst king that ever uh, uh, um, uh, uh, reigned over Israel. And God said it right here twice. He said that nobody was as bad as him um, that ever was before him. And now this king Ahab, he married a woman named Jezebel who was just as vile and wicked as he himself was. And we're going to see that here in just a little while. Um, without a doubt, did you get that? 
Okay, got it. We'll, we'll just say yes, we got that. Um, and uh, he, uh, without a doubt, this couple became legendary. They've gone down in history so much so that uh, I had a dog one time who was a Doberman, and I wanted him, to, uh, wanted the trainer to destroy people and kill people, and you know, just be a vicious watchdog. I named it Jezebel. You know, that, that's what we do. Uh, we, we name our dogs Jezebel because of the reputation that Jezebel had, the, the type of woman that she was. Um, these were well, uh, worshipers of Baal. Baal was the false god of the day and, and, uh, and very much the popular god of the day. And uh, King Ahab and Jezebel promoted it, built houses and built groves and places of worship to worship this, uh, this Baal or this false god. Um, uh, they, they not only did it themselves, they led a whole nation and even enforced the worship of Baal uh, and to the point of almost making it a, a state religion, if you will. They, they were enforcing uh, the worship of this false god. Um, uh, they, uh, they, they, held, uh, uh, they hated preachers, especially Elijah. Boy, Elijah was the preacher. We'll get to that in a little while. Elijah was the preacher of the day, and, and they hated him. Boy, they hated him. Elijah come out there and said, it's not going to rain till I say so. And, and three years later, Ahab found him, and Ahab said, are you the one that's cursed us? And old Elijah said, no, 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 you're the one that's cursed us because of your sin. Don't blame it on me. By the way, when everybody was suffering because of the drought, God, the, the man of God was taken care of. God takes care of his own. He, he stood by the drought all over the land. He's by the brook. <laughs> He's by the brook Cherith. Nobody else was getting food except for the ravens brought him food every night. And I'm guessing that he got the food from the ravens stole it from Ahab's uh, kitchen. I'm thinking, I don't know. But uh, uh, th these were wicked, wicked uh, people. And uh, a matter of fact, I, I, I have not found one good thing in the Bible that God mentioned about Ahab or Jezebel. I have not found one good thing that he mentioned about either one of them. And so tonight we're going we're gonna to look at some of these characteristics. Perhaps the most notable record we have is in 1 Kings 21. And turn to it, we won't read it. I'll just uh, 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 briefly mention it here regarding Naboth's vineyard. Uh, outside of the palace, there was a, a man named Naboth, and Naboth had a, had a vineyard out there. And King Ahab wanted that vineyard. So he goes to this Israelite and he said, listen, I want that vineyard of yours. Give it to me or sell it to me or I'll trade it for another piece of land. Tell me what you want, but I want your vineyard. It's closer to my property. I could, I could, I could plant a lot of herbs in there, have fresh spices and fresh herbs. That's what I want. And Nabal said, I'm sorry, it's not for sale. He said, my father gave me that vineyard and I'm not getting rid of it. That's my vineyard. So Ahab went home crying and pouting. And his, uh, Jezebel asked him, well, what's wrong, sweetheart? He said, well, I wanted Naboth's vineyard, and he won't give it to me. And she said, I'll take care of that. And she, so she took matters in her own hands. She sent out letters, hired false witnesses. They came and collaborated the story. They testified falsely against Naboth. And, uh, and then Naboth was stoned, and they stole the vineyard and gave it to her husband. This is the type of woman that she was. She was an evil, evil, wicked woman. And so tonight, I want to look at some of these things about Jezebel. Just a few. I think I have six characteristics here we want to look at. Number one, I want you to go to 1 Kings chapter 21, and I want you to look at verse number 8. 1 Kings chapter 21, look at verse number 8. This is uh, the story about Naboth's vineyard. Verse number 8. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name. Okay, stop right there. Know what that means? That means she borrowed Ahab's cell phone and sent a message. 
That's what that means. That means that she sent a message and signed his name to. She wanted everybody to think it was Ahab, but she was the, she's deceptive. Here's the first problem with, with her. She's deceptive. Verse 8, she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in the city dwelling with Naboth. Uh, she was a deceptive woman. You know one of the great characteristics of, a, of an ungodly woman is deceit. She's deceptive. She's sneaky. She's a liar. She's crooked. And, she's, uh, and she does it all under the shade of night. Look at Delilah. There's another, there's another godly woman in the Bible. Look at Delilah. She, uh, she was not godly. Uh, she comes and what did you, she, she come in there and pretended like she loved uh, uh, Samson trying to, to find out where his strength was so she could take him down. And she'd go in there and, and, and flirt with him and act like she loved him and, and, uh, and, uh, and sweet-talked him. and all. The, what was she doing? Simply deceiving him. Even so, several times she said, well, show me where your strength is. And he, he made something up. 30 minutes later, that was being done to him. And she's up there standing up and saying, uh, uh, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And Samson, of course, gets free because that's not where his strength was. And you would think after maybe the first or second or third time, Samson would have caught on to what she was doing. Uh, uh, but he, that's why I say Delilah must have been pretty drop-dead gorgeous uh, because he was willing to, man, he, he was willing to go and try it again. And, uh, but uh, she was just deceptive. She was just a liar. And that is a characteristic of an ungodly woman right there. She is a deceiver. Remember uh, uh, Jacob's mother, Rebecca, how, what she did? She went in and, and, and helped him to steal the blessing from his father by, by putting goat's hair on his arm and cooking venison the way that he liked and trying to pretend like he was his older brother Esau to, get the, to, to receive the blessing and to steal it from his father. And, uh, and she was behind this. She was the master of deception behind that thing. Listen, be careful of deceitful women. Uh, and ladies, you want to be godly, don't be deceitful. Don't be a liar. Don't be, a, uh, don't be a thief. Don't be uh, somebody that, that, that's always trying to, to stir things up in the background. Don't be a deceptive person. Uh, don't do things behind your husband's back that you know he wouldn't approve of. All the men that, all the men that have the courage and their wives aren't here said amen. And uh, uh, that, don't do things behind your husband's back that he does not approve of. That's a, that's a Jezebel move. That's a Jezebel move. Um, it ought to be out in the open. Uh, uh, don't be manipulative. That's deception. <laughs> Come on. Those tears is manipulation. You sit there and cry, trying to get you away. That's manipulation. Um, you use your looks to manipulate. You bat your eyes and flip your hair. That's, that's deceit. You know you don't feel that way about your husband. Uh, you're, you're deceiving. You're being deceitful that way. That's deception. Uh, throwing a fit if you don't get your way. Ignoring your husband. Withholding from your husband. Uh, those are, well, I got a lot of dirty looks on that one. And uh, I'm going to preach this way for a while. Uh, that, that's, that's deception. That's deceit. And so, uh, uh, and this is what she was. She was a deceitful woman. One of the great characteristics of Jezebel was she was a deceiver. She was a liar. Number two, what else? You're in 1 Kings, go to 1 Kings 19. 
Here, here's, a, here's, a, here's an attribute of an ungodly woman. Chapter 19, look at verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah, uh, all that Elijah had, uh, Elijah had done. All right, and um, uh, and with how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Okay, let's stop right there. Um, we're talking about here. He just got done killing a whole bunch of prophets of Baal. Because remember the contest he had. You know, you have your uh, your sacrifice. I'll have mine. We'll call and find out who can uh, whose God will send fire from heaven and lick it up. That'll be the true God. And of course, Jehovah won. He killed. I think it was seven hundred and fifty prophets of Baal. When that got done, Ahab, uh, verse one, told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow morning about this time. Uh, And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth unto Judah, and left his servant there. And he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and requested for himself that he might die. And said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Uh, the next great attribute of, a, of an ungodly woman is that people are afraid of her. People are afraid. Listen, ladies, people shouldn't be afraid of you. <laughs> it's getting hot in here, I'm telling you. And, uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we we're going to make this point real quick. And, um, but... Listen, people shouldn't be afraid of you. They were, Elijah, we're talking about the great Elijah. My my personal favorite Bible character, the one that calls fire down from heaven. The one that the king came at, uh, 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 from Mount Carmel, said, the king told you to come down. He goes, I'm not coming down. Fire come down, killed all 50 of them. Happened again. The next time the people came, they said, "Uh, uh, please don't kill me. I hope my life is precious. The the king just requested me. Would you please come down? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll come down. You know, it's all how you ask, you know. I mean, this is the great Elijah. The great Elijah called fire down from heaven and and, and took a a water, uh, a a water-soaked sacrifice and fire came down and uh, licked it all up. And then he turned around and killed 750 prophets of Baal. The great Elijah, uh, uh, one woman, Jezebel, said, I'm going to get you. And he took off running for his life. He went off, finally sat down, became suicidal, sat on a tree and said, "I, I, I wish I were dead. I can't do this. I can't face her. I can't fight this woman. Uh, a, 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 a ungodly uh, woman, the attribute of an ungodly woman is that people are afraid of her. Elijah was scared to death of her. Are you the type of the woman that people dread to be around you because they're afraid of what you're going to do? They're scared to death of you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, man, everybody's scared to death of my wife, including me. And, uh, but I'm just saying, listen, uh, uh, that's not a good attribute. People shouldn't be f- afraid to talk to you, afraid to confront you, afraid to speak to you, afraid to ask you a question, afraid to ask you to get involved. I mean, there's, there, honestly, there's some people that you know, say, hey, preacher, why don't you ask so-and-so? I, said, I just really do it myself. I'd rather do it myself than bother with all the hassle that would come with trying to talk to that person. Uh, those are uh, attributes of an ungodly person. In other words, she was just flat mean. Just flat mean. A hateful, bitter, bad attitude, self-centered individual. Number three, 
Number three, what's another attribute? You're in 1 Kings chapter 19. Look at verse number two. Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, uh, saying, so, so that the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Uh, another attribute of an ungodly woman is her pride. She hates to look bad. You know, the biggest problem was, I don't believe that Jezebel really believed in Baal that heavily. I think what it was, was Elijah made her look like an idiot when he called fire down from heaven from Jehovah God's side, and that was the victorious, and he was the true God, and Baal looked like a fool because Baal was a fool. Baal wasn't even real, and uh, Baal looked like an idiot, and, but here's Jezebel promoting Baal worship. Uh, a lot of that comes down to the pride of Elijah showed, uh, showed, up, uh, showed up her and her God and her prophets. Uh, a proud woman, more concerned about her image than she is about how people see her. And she's more concerned about how people see her than she's about the truth of what she really is. Uh, uh, arrogancy, pride. The Bible says an awful lot about how God hates pride. God hates pride. But an attribute of an ungodly woman is they ain't going to look bad. And if it embarrasses them or makes them look bad, they're going to fight back. Because that is, uh, that is one of their great attributes. Um, here's the ungodly woman. She'll never come to the altar. Now, I'm not saying if you never come to the altar, you're an ungodly woman. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm, uh, I am saying ungodly woman ain't going to go to the altar. She doesn't, why? Somebody might think she has a problem. Somebody might think she's a sinner. Somebody might think she has to get right. She has too much pride to go to the altar. I mean, she, she always defends herself in her position. It's hard for her just to say, you're right, and I was wrong in that. She will fight till the end to defend what she did or what she said or what she believes, even if it's wrong, because pride has slipped in and she does not want uh, to be embarrassed or humble about the matter. And that is an attribute of an ungodly woman. She'll never admit that she's wrong. She brags on herself. She always paints a pretty picture of who she is, even though it's not true. And she'll, she'll, she's a, 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 very, a, a, a very much a, a self-centered type of arrogant type of person. That's an attribute of an ungodly woman. More concerned about herself than she is truth or other people. Um, uh, okay, next of all, number four. Number four, uh, go to 1 Kings 21. Back to 21 here, verse number nine. Another attribute of an ungodly woman. She chooses the side of benefit instead of the side of right. Again, back to selfishness is what it is. She chooses the side of benefit instead of the side of right. Look at uh, chapter 21, verse 9. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people and set two men, sons of Belial, or sons of the devil, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. Um, verse 11, And the men of the city, even the elders, the nobles, who were the inhabitants of the city, did as Jezebel uh, had sent unto them, and as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them. And they proclaimed the fast, and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came two men, children of Belial, and uh, sat before him. And the men of Belial um, witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. And they carried him forth out of the city, and stoned him with stones that he died, then sent they to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. 
Okay. Uh, uh, and then she went and took, seized control of the vineyard and stole it. Uh, she chooses the side of benefit rather than the side of right. She wanted that vineyard, and it didn't matter what she had to say or do to get it. That's what she wanted. And so that's what she got. She killed a man. She took away somebody's husband, took away somebody's dad, took away somebody's son, had him falsely accused and falsely uh, 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 murdered so she could get what she wanted. She did not care what truth was. She did not care what right and wrong was. That did not matter. What mattered is I want what I, I, I want this and that's what I'm going to get. She's concerned about what she, how she could benefit more than anything else. Um, uh, she should have stood up for Nabal. When Ahab came home whining and complaining, a good wife would have said, it's his vineyard. Let's pray that maybe God will change his heart. She should have supported that and, and found a way to, to help encourage her husband instead of finding a way to destroy Nabal. Um, don't stick up for, uh, this is the type of woman that she'll stick up for her kid even if her kid does wrong. She'll stick up for her kid. Uh, no, don't stick up for what's going to benefit you. Stick up for right. That means if your kid was in the wrong, then he was in the wrong. Uh, uh, the Bible says to, to swear to your own hurt and change not. That means you stand with right, even if you are in the wrong, or your friend is in the wrong, or your kid is in the wrong, or your spouse is in the wrong. You're still supposed to stand up and be a, a righteous judge and say, yeah, in this situation, you know what? You were the wrong one. Uh, uh, don't just choose the side of benefit what makes you feel good and what benefits you the most that's an attribute of an ungodly woman they are after what they can get if I'm not mistaken Delilah was paid off to betray Samson uh, uh, after what she could get out of the deal okay number five number five you know, in First Kings go back to chapter 19 look at verse number two again we've already read it once but she is vengeful. Again, she sent messengers to Elijah and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill you like you killed those prophets by tomorrow morning. I'm going to do the same thing to you. She is a vengeful person. Uh, an, an ungodly attribute of an ungodly woman is she seeks revenge. She looks for a way to get even. She looks for a way to get back. She doesn't want to resolve a problem with somebody to resolve the problem. She may resolve the problem, and then she waits and looks for every opportunity to, to throw another arrow and to, and, and, and to, try, to, try, to try to stick them and say, uh-uh, see, I was right, and try to hurt them and try to get revenge on them. She looks for a way to hurt somebody. She looks for a way to gossip around somebody. She looks for, tries to find something bad in somebody. She's looking for a reason to tear somebody down. She's a vengeful type of person. She wants to get even. She will lay in wait long-term, waiting for the perfect opportunity to launch an attack. That's a Jezebel. That's a Jezebel. Uh, she, may, she may smooth it over on the outside, but down deep, there's a hatred and a bitterness that's going to come out, and she will get her revenge. That is the attribute of an ungodly woman. Next of all, number six. Number six, she's domineering and controlling and the behind-the-scenes leader. She's a domineering, controlling woman. Uh, you know, uh, 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 we, we tease out Mrs. Clark sometimes because she's kind of she's kind of she's kind of tough. But I, I'll tell you what: when the rubber hits the road, I run the roost. And she ain't tell me what to do. 
And uh, it just ain't going to happen. Uh, uh, she don't write my sermons. Uh, she just tells me what to put in them. Uh, but she, uh, uh, no, uh, uh, I'm, 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 in, I'm in control. I'm going to run my home. I take her advice because she really has good advice. And she's got great insight. She really does. If, if my wife says something, I take heed to it. She has a way of sniffing people out. Like I said this morning, boy, she can, she can, boy, she, she can, I, 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 the term I want to use, I don't know if it's an appropriate term to use, I better not, but uh, she, she will, uh, uh, is that a bad term? It is a bad term, Dickerson? Do you know what I want to say? Okay, I won't say it then. And uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, so it, it, I'm just saying that, uh, that that's, that's different than being domineering and being controlling. And running the show. That's a Jezebel. A Jezebel, uh, uh, okay. Here, here's, do you know what the word Jezebel means? You know, every name has a meaning. Do you know what the, word, the name Jezebel means? Unmarried. Did you know that? It means unmarried. Because she acts as if she's unmarried. She runs her own life. See, uh, uh, she's going to take control of it. They say if you, if you watch a pack, a pack of wolves going, they're always the alpha male in the very front. The alpha male leading the pack. He's out in the front of the pack leading the pack of wolves. But they say that off to the side, just a little bit behind that wolf and off to his side is his female wolf. And they say that if you'll watch this pack of wolves run, that alpha male leading the pack is always doing this as they're running. He's always glancing over his shoulder, and she's the one that's actually leading the pack. And if she wants to go this way, she just starts to veer, and then he, he sees that, and he veers that way too. And he follows his woman. One of the greatest sermons, you want to hear a great sermon, uh, look up Larry Brown and blow the whistle on the wolf. Boy, that's a good sermon. And uh, uh, ladies, I wouldn't recommend you listen to it. But uh, uh, I mean, this, th that's how Jezebel, Jezebel ran the show behind the scenes. And, uh, uh, and, and just like that wolf follows his female wolf. Um, it's so funny. When, when men come to me, oftentimes they'll come to me with a complaint. So often. I'm, I'm, I'm talking eight out of ten times they'll come to me. This is what they say. My wife told me to come. My wife sent me to complain about this. And, uh, and uh, that, that happens. Uh, that is a, uh, uh, a, a domineering, controlling, behind the scenes, leading uh, the scenario and running, taking charge behind the scenes. There is a reason why God, when God said, let the woman keep silence in the church, let me clarify, he wasn't talking about the woman couldn't say amen. That's right. He wasn't talking about the woman couldn't talk. What he was saying was, let the woman keep her trap shut when it comes to running the church. It wasn't talking about, it wasn't talking about the, the woman couldn't teach a Sunday school class. It wasn't talking about the woman couldn't, couldn't teach a class. What they were saying was, when it, when it, uh, uh, let the woman keep silence in the church. Let the men run the church. Let the men run the home. Let the men, look through the Bible. It is the man is in charge of the home. It is, why? Because everybody has their place. And they have a role to take care of. We, we have this, this concert thing. I, I shouldn't even say this stuff. I shouldn't even say this. One of the most annoying things is a woman who tries to take charge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you listen to me? <laughs> Shut up. I listen to you. And, uh, you know, is uh, a woman, I, I know men, they say they're men, I don't know for sure, but they say they're men, they listen to women preachers. Oh, yeah. 
there's, there's a place for everything. Anyway, uh, but she is domineering and controlling. Number seven. Number seven. First Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18. And look at verse number, verse number three. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For so when Jezebel, here we go, when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by uh, 50 in a cave and fed them with bread and water. Okay, here we have Jezebel, uh, this man Obadiah is hiding preachers and protecting them. Why? Because Jezebel is killing them. Uh, the last attribute here uh, of, of, of a Jezebel is she hates true leaders, especially men and especially preachers. She hates them. She hates true leaders, especially men, and especially preachers. Um, she's one of those that gets miffed at the preacher and then tries to destroy the preacher. Let me just say something. Everybody here, you're going to get miffed at the preacher at some point or another, and you should. And it, it may be because of a biblical thing, a biblical stand. It might be just because you don't like him. You don't, you don't choose the church because you like the preacher. Because here's what's going to happen. The preacher's going to die one day. And when he dies, what do you do? Leave the church? And go find another church? Where you like the preacher? I mean, I'm asking you. Is that, is that, is that what, I don't know. Is that what we're supposed to do? I, I, I'm going to say you, you choose a church based on the word of God. You choose a church based on where did God lead you? Is this where God wants you? Um, uh, 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 but they, um, uh, uh, this is the one that you get miffed at the preacher, and then you decide to say, well, I'm going to destroy him. So you go around and start talking about him and gossiping about him and, and spreading rumors and putting stuff on Facebook. And, and, you know, that, that's a Jezebel. If you don't like something, you quietly deal with it. Or go to the pastor and try to deal with it. If you just can't deal with it, what do you do? You quietly leave. You just quietly leave. It's not your job to destroy the preachers and, and, and kill them. Kill them off. Um, this woman here, she hates those truly. There's no way she's going to let her husband run anything. There's no way she's going to let her husband take charge. Why? Uh, she's going to take charge, and she hates true leaders. She wants nothing to do with it. Um, uh, 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 she hates it when a preacher preaches about the proper role of a woman. As I said before, uh, it, it's the, the cow versus the horse. It's not that the man is better than the woman. They're two totally different positions. Listen, a man cannot do his job. He cannot do his job effectively without the woman that God put in his life. He can't. He can't because he is incomplete. That's why Adam got done naming all the animals and they all went their way and there stood Adam. And what did Adam say? Well, what about me? What about me? And I think one reason God may have done that is to let Adam see, look, you're nothing by yourself. You are missing something. Don't take it for granted. I'm going to give it to you in a few days. I'm going to give you something in a few days. I don't think it was a few days, but I'm going to give you something here real soon. Now, I'm going to put you to sleep. When you wake up, you're going to have your help me, and you're going to cherish her because you're going to realize I needed you. Amen. See, ladies, take pride in the role that you have. 
Take pride in that role. It's not that your husband is better than you. It's that he has a role and you have a role. And you take that role and complete your husband. And that's what it is. Uh, however, a, a, a Jezebel type of woman, an ungodly attribute of this type of woman, is one who does not like true leaders. She wants to run it. She won't trust them. She wants to run everything. So, so, so let me ask you tonight. Think about yourself. Are you a Jezebel? Put your hands down. Um, the, the, are you a Jezebel? Do you have some of the attributes of an ungodly woman? See, we ought to strive for this morning and say, I want the attributes of a godly lady, not the attributes of an ungodly lady. Because believe it or not, you may not have a name that goes down in the eternal book of, uh, of God, of Jezebel, that everybody, I mean, this is a very common household name. People who do not even know the Bible and do not even have a clue where the word Jezebel comes from, they just know one thing. That's a bad thing. There's people who don't know anything about the Bible. They're like, yeah, Jezebel. They don't know what they're saying. All they know is that's a pretty low blow. But mark my words, our if people in your realm, your church, your family, your job, do you have that same type of a name? They may not say you're a Jezebel, but they say oh, you're like Lahilda. Huh? You're just like Larissa. Oh, there you go, there's Larissa. I mean, <laughs> hmm? are, you, are they going to grow up and, and when you're not around, are you going to be the byword? The byword, the joke, the one, if you're not careful, you're going to grow up and be like Lily Dickerson. <laughs> huh? See, we don't want that. You don't want that negative term. You don't want to be labeled a Jezebel. You want to grow up and people be around you say, it's a virtuous woman. What you want is you want Rodrigo someday to get a little older and stop playing in church. You want Rodrigo one day to get a little older and find himself a lovely young lady um, okay, 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 <laughs> and then go to that lovely, <laughs> go to that lovely young lady and say, hey, before we get married, I want you to be like so-and-so. Make sure you get around Miss Lily, get around Mrs. Clark. I want you to be around uh, uh, my mom. The, I to, that's the type of wife I want someday, and he's not going to have his arm around her when you're saying that, um, and you're going to say, that's what I want you to be like. I want you to be a virtuous woman. See, that is what we, the goal is for you to have that kind of a name so that your kids will rise up and call you blessed. Amen. And your kids are going to get married and your daughters are going to be that type of a wife, that type of a mom. And your, your sons are going to want to marry that type of a lady. Do you want your boys to really grow up and say, whatever I do, I am not going to marry somebody like my mother. She's nuts. She's a Jezebel. No. And so, ladies, let's strive to be godly. And along with that, men, men, let's make sure we're godly too. We, shut up, woman. And uh, let's make sure we're godly also uh, and make it easy for the women to follow us. Let's bow our heads together here tonight, please.